Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 5, verses 1 to 12. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Our text this morning is Matthew 5 verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The story is told of a pastor who had a strange dream one night a dream that really opened his eyes. In his dream, he could see his own church worship service. It looked like a normal Sunday morning service, but something very strange was happening. The choir was singing. Well, actually, their mouths were open, but no sound could be heard. The people in the congregation were also singing, but again, there was no sound. Then the preacher saw himself get up to preach, but as he started preaching... Again it was like someone had pressed the mute button. No sound came out of his mouth. There was no sound at all in that church until a little girl started singing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. When he woke up, this preacher was really confused and he came to the Lord in prayer asking, Lord, what was I dreaming? It just doesn't make sense to me. The Lord spoke to his heart and said, You've just seen a picture of what I see in your ministry and in your church every Sunday morning. People are singing and you are preaching, but I hear nothing because your heart is not focused on me. You are all focused on yourself. The only one I heard in your church in your dream was the little girl. I heard her voice because she came to church today with the right motive, to love me with all of her heart. Brothers and sisters, if Jesus were to show us a dream like this of our church, what would we see and hear? Are our hearts focused on the Lord? This little girl is a picture for us of devotion to the Lord. It's a picture of a heart focused on God. It's a picture of purity of motive and of pureness of heart. And it is this pureness of heart of which Jesus speaks when he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Let's look first at what pure means. What does pure mean in this beatitude? Now Jesus may have coined the phrase, blessed are the pure in heart, but this certainly wasn't a new concept. You see, the kingdom of God has always belonged to the pure in heart. The theme of purity of heart tracks throughout the Bible. The Old Testament prophets spoke of a time when God would give his people clean hearts. Jeremiah, for instance, gave us that very well-known promise that God would write his law on his people's hearts. And in the book of Ezekiel, we are told that God said, 
I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses, and from all your idols I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Psalm 24 tells us that a pure heart is a requirement for those who want to stand in the holy place of God. Listen to verses 3 and 4 of that psalm. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false, and does not swear deceitfully. And Psalm 73 begins as follows, Truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. So what does this purity of heart refer to? As we saw a couple of months ago when we took an overview of all the Beatitudes, many have taken this to mean primarily sexual purity, but it goes much, much deeper than that. It is about having hearts that do not have divided loyalties in terms of our relationship with God. It's about a purity of devotion to God. In the time of Jesus, devotion to God had become something that was external and legalistic. This was especially the case with the Pharisees. All these laws were developed to make sure that they didn't accidentally transgress one of God's laws. Now perhaps that initial intent was good, but it essentially became almost a doctrine of works. If they had to come up with this beatitude, they would most likely have said something like, Blessed are those who are outwardly clean. What was missing in their lives? was an internal devotion to God. You see, on the outside, these peoples were paragons of virtue, seemingly holy, but on the inside, it was a very different story. In a sense, it was like a thin veneer painted over a rotting piece of wood. Remember what Jesus told them, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within, are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you outwardly appear righteous to others, but within, you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Brothers and sisters, what Jesus is calling for here in this beatitude is not the external type of devotion of the Pharisees, but a radical and deep-seated internal devotion to God. Jesus looks at what is inside, not what is on display to the world. To slightly paraphrase Martin Luther, Jesus doesn't look for external cleanliness. He looks for the pure heart, even if the person may be on the outside black, sooty and full of grime. It is about the type of devotion with which David prayed in Psalm 51 when he said, you, O Lord, delight in truth in the inward being. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. When we think of the word pure or purity, we think of something that's clean, something that doesn't have something else mixed in. In the case of this beatitude, 
It has to do with the relationship with God that's not characterized by mixed motives or mixed loyalties. Purity of heart has to do with devotion to God. It's about a thoroughly God-centered lifestyle. It's about the pure devotion to the things of God that James also refers to when he, when he exhorts his readers, Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Purity has to do with a heart that's focused on God, a heart that's devoted to God. Instead of being double-minded, we are to be single-hearted in following God. Our hearts must be focused on God, or to put it another way, we are to be single-eyed, focusing on Christ alone. Now I know that human examples fall short when we try to describe the things of God, but maybe I can illustrate this single-eyedness as follows. Ladies, when you were dating, how would you have felt if your date wasn't focused on you, but kept staring at the girl at the next table? What would that say to you about his devotion to you? Or men, if you were out on a date with your fiancée, but she kept looking at that guy with the rugged good looks and the, the body of a lifeguard, she wouldn't be focused on you, would she? What Jesus is talking about here is being focused on God to the exclusion of everything else. So does that mean that we should run away from everything, become hermits, find ourselves a little corner in which we can hide? Should we find ourselves a monastery or a convent and, and there try to concentrate on just the heavenly things? A sort of see no evil, hear no evil kind of life? Should we be so heavenly focused that we are of no earthly use? No, friends. What Jesus is asking for, what he's telling us in this beatitude, is that our thoughts are to be focused on what God wants in our lives and then to base our actions, all our actions, on that. That's to be our focus on what God wants in our lives. Now perhaps you're wondering why Jesus specifically mentions the heart here. Why didn't he say, blessed are the pure in mind? Don't our thoughts originate in our minds? Why the heart? When the Bible refers to the heart, it refers to the very essence of our being. It refers to our emotions as well as our ability to think. It refers to our innermost being and motivations. It has to do with the things upon which we base our thoughts and our deeds. So to be pure in heart means that our thoughts, our actions, and even our emotions are to be focused on God. And that's a huge call, isn't it? All our faculties, our thoughts, and our actions, and our emotions must be geared to God and to His will. Following Christ can never be just an intellectual exercise. If our focus is purely intellectual, then we cannot be pure in heart. If it is just emotional, we cannot be pure in heart. If it's just a part-time thing for us, we can't be pure in heart. If we wanted to be a bit more theological, we could say that blessed are those who are pure, not only on the surface, but in the center of their being and at the source of every activity. Beloved in Christ, every single thought you have must be measured against God's will. Every action we do 
must be measured against God's will. At the very center of our being and the source of every activity, there needs to be purity. And I say again, that's a massive call because God's infallible word tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things and it is the source of all evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness and slander. And we only need to look into our own hearts to know that this is true. We've got this huge baggage of sin and our hearts are not focused on God alone. We know that we get distracted, just like the people in the preacher's dream. We know that like the preacher himself, our thoughts are drawn to other things. We know that our motives are not always sincere. The book of Proverbs is undeniably right when it says, Who can say I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin? And that sounds like a, a fairly hopeless situation, doesn't it? What hope is there if we have mixed motives? What hope is there if we do not have pure hearts? What hope is there for us to live kingdom lives if we do not have that purity of heart? And friends, the bottom line is that outside of Christ, we have no hope, no hope of attaining that purity of heart. But in Christ, we most assuredly do have hope. In fact, not only have we got hope, we have a Blessed assurance, for we know that Jesus Christ gave himself for us to redeem us and to purify for himself a people. We also have those hugely assuring words of the Apostle John that everyone who hopes in Jesus purifies himself as Jesus is pure. Our gracious God, who knows our hearts, gives us the Holy Spirit. He cleanses our hearts by faith. He purifies our hearts, and the instrument with which he does it is faith in Jesus. By the faith that we've been given in Jesus, we've been cleansed from the filth of sin. But that's not all, folks. There's more. God doesn't stop there. He hasn't just cleansed us from the filth of sin. Through his Holy Spirit, he keeps working in our lives, transforming our hearts, purifying them, refining us like a refining fire until that day when we will stand before him refined and pure. He not only cleanses those who accept Christ as Lord and Savior, he keeps refining them, he keeps sanctifying them. In the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to pursue the purity that God demands from us. I say that again, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to pursue the purity that God demands from us. That's the beauty of a life in Christ. When you cast yourself upon His grace, when you turn to Him, when you accept Him as your Lord and Savior, your heart starts to be transformed. And as the Holy Spirit works in your heart, as He transforms it, you will be drawn closer and closer to God. As the Holy Spirit works in your heart, you will start experiencing that radical renewal. And of course, we will never be perfectly pure in heart, not on this earth in any case. But if Christ has come into our lives, the seeds of kingdom life have already been implanted in us. If we are serious about living kingdom lives, we need to continue turning towards Christ, asking Him to continue nourishing us with His living water.
for it is only then that we shall see God. So what does Jesus mean when he says that the pure in heart shall see God? When Moses asked the Lord to show him his glory, he did so, but he would not let Moses see his face, saying, For man shall not see me and live. Seeing God was a death sentence. It was really a case of see God and die. Yet we are called to seek the face of God. In other words, we are to live in a way which will enable us to be with him in all eternity. Now, of course, we see aspects of God, signs of God, if you like, in our everyday lives. We see him in the beauty of his creation. We see him in the blessings he showers upon us. We see him in his answers to prayer. These are just tiny glimpses of the character and the nature and the, the glory of God. But as the Holy Spirit works in our hearts, as our hearts are being transformed, we grow closer to God. And as we grow closer to God, we become more focused on God. And the more focused we become on God, the closer to Him we will grow. Or to put it another way, the more time you devote to God, the more devoted to God you become. The more time you devote to God, the more your heart is opened up to Him and to the work of the Holy Spirit in you, and the purer your heart becomes. And friends, the more time you devote to God and the purer your heart becomes, the more you see God at work in your life and also in the lives of others. For the more devoted you are to God, the more like Christ you become. What an absolutely amazing and magnificent kingdom reward that is. Yet that's not all. It might be a cliche, but you ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come. For what Jesus is ultimately referring to here is being with God in person. When Christ comes again, the pure in heart will see God face to face. It's about seeing God face to face. And for the child of God, that will not be a death sentence. For them it will not be a case of see God and die, but see God and live forever. This is the ultimate blessing. This is the ultimate reward for those who are pure in heart. Not only will they be blessed or approved by God, but they will be with God. They will see Him face to face and they will live eternally. What a magnificent prospect that is. Brothers and sisters in Christ, as we conclude, let us remember that Jesus says that those who are pure in heart are blessed and they will see God. Such pureness in heart can only come through faith in Christ and the continuing sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Recognizing that we are spiritually poor allows us to grieve over our sins and about sin in general. This in turn leads to meekness and a hunger and a thirst for righteousness and it results in an attitude of mercy as we have compassion on and forgiveness for others. And as the Holy Spirit continues His work of sanctification in us, we grow closer to the Lord and we are purified and transformed, growing ever closer in likeness to Jesus. Trust in this Lord with all your heart. Turn to Christ. Believe that his death on the cross paid for your sin and thereby, thereby receive the miracle of a new heart. It is all of God 
and it is free, and it is yours if you believe. Keep turning to God on a daily basis and search for His will for your life and keep praying that prayer of David. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that we do not have to depend on ourselves to to do the things that will purify our hearts. Thank you that the hearts of those who have accepted Jesus as their Saviour are being transformed by the mighty work of your Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to keep looking to you. Stir in us that desire to be holy and let your Spirit keep equipping us day by day so that we might be set apart for you more and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.